everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Heidi St. John podcast. I'm glad you guys have joined me for a special edition of Mailbox Monday. Today is Monday, February the 10th. You guys, February is flying by. And uh, normally I answer your questions today, but today I'm going to not do that because I have a special friend on the show with me today. My friend Elizabeth Johnston is here today and we are going to mix it up. We're going to talk about politics and homeschooling and why you should get off the bench and onto the battlefield. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So thanks for tuning in today, everybody. As you know, this podcast is sponsored by Teach Them Diligently. And for everyone listening in the Nashville area, I will be speaking at the Teach Them Diligently convention on February 27th through the 29th. I want to encourage you to come out and say hello. For nine years, their Christian homeschool conventions have been an encouragement to new homeschool families and seasoned homeschool families, and even those of you who are just thinking about homeschooling. And you guys can use my name. You can use the code Heidi. Please don't spell it wrong or you won't get your 15 bucks off, H-E-I-D-I, when you register, and that will help you save $15 on your registration. Also, February 21st through the 22nd, I will be in Lakeland, Florida. So the weekend before, teach them diligently, I will be in Lakeland, Florida for my women's conference Faith That Speaks. And this year, we're shaking it up. This year, my friend Kathy Barnett and Elizabeth Johnson are going to be joining me on the road. And really, it's our hope to get you guys off the bench and onto the battlefield to encourage you that our faith really should be a faith that speaks. So for more information about those, you can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. Those events are coming up really, really soon. So we want to encourage you to get your tickets today. All right. I want to introduce you guys to my friend, Elizabeth. She's been on the show with me before. I have been a friend of Elizabeth's for quite a while and a fan of her work for a long time. Elizabeth is better known online as the activist mommy, and she has really gotten off the bench and onto the battlefield in a really big way. And she's having an impact in the culture. So I'm excited for you guys to hear her heart and to welcome her to the show. Elizabeth, my friend, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, soul sister. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You and I have been uh, been uh, out on the road a lot this season, and uh, it's good to just hear your voice. And it was really great to see you in person in uh, Greenville. So finally. I'm looking forward to seeing you again. I know finally we're like, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> so I want to introduce you. I know that there are a lot of new listeners uh, to the podcast and you've been on the show with me before, but for those who don't know, you've been married to your sweetheart for 20 years and you're a mama to 10, right? Yes. I am so blessed to have 10 children. My husband and I always knew we wanted a large family. Um, and I, I don't think I thought that I would make it to 10, but I am super happy <laughs> that I did. Uh, I do have six babies in heaven as well. And I just want to encourage all those moms that are listening who uh, have miscarried babies that none of that is wasted time. You have given the Lord a, a, another worshiper, um, someone to mm-hmm. uh, adore him uh, throughout all eternity. And uh, we look forward to being reunited with those babies that are in heaven as well. But yes, we do have 10. And would you believe all 12 of us, including my husband and I, all have blue eyes and either blonde hair or red hair. It is the craziest <laughs> sight to behold. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a beautiful sight to behold because you guys are really out there with your family. And that's one of the, the things that has always uh, encouraged me 
with your with your ministry. It's not just one person. You guys have chosen to involve your whole family. You've been deeply entrenched in the abolitionist movement, the really the pro-life movement, uh, trying to get abortion abolished in this nation. And I've seen you in front of abortion clinics, praying for people and trying to educate, uh, expecting mothers as they go into abortion clinics. And I've seen your kids with you. Oh, yes. I mean, the activist mommy platform is only like three years old. Um, and my husband and I have raised our children on the front lines of the abortion battle in front of the abortion clinics for 20 years. Ever since we've been married, we've taken our newborn babies out to minister, to offer help and hope to the men and women going in. Um, it's just, you're the, you're the last line of defense when you're at an abortion clinic. You're the last line between the baby and you know, the abortionist uh, weapon of choice if you will. Mm -hmm. And so it is an amazing thing to uh, be out on the sidewalk outside of an abortion clinic, praying, asking God to use you. No, we don't know what to say. We don't know what we're going to say. We just trust God to give us the words. Mm -hmm. And when we get opportunities to speak to moms, dads, grandparents, um, boyfriends, pimps, prostitutes going into the clinic. Uh, it is just an amazing thing to see a person choose life. And uh, then you're able to give them the gospel. We'll throw baby showers for the baby when they choose life for the baby. Uh, we will walk with them as long as they need us to walk with them through the process. And that has really shaped our children's worldview to be on the front lines with mom and dad uh, has truly changed their lives. And I would highly encourage your listeners to go to sidewalksforlife.com. That's with the number four, sidewalksforlife.com. And watch some of the videos and read some of the articles and get it trained and equipped from that website, free website, free tools to learn to do what we do outside the abortion clinic. So give you more confidence. And uh, it is it is an exciting thing to rescue a child and to be able to hold that baby, you know, six months later, seven months later. Wow, there's nothing mm. like it. It's addictive and it'll keep your kids off the video games because <laughs> hallelujah if yeah if they're anything like mine they are trying to wake me up on friday or saturday morning to urge me to go out to the abortion clinic so i highly encourage your listeners to get involved uh, at sidewalksforlife.com now you guys uh, we i've been out and not obviously not as much as you have but i've taken my family out to abortion clinics and we have prayed and tried to talk to women as they have gone in and the first time i did it i have to say i was not ready for mm -hmm. how absolutely spiritually supercharged that mm. environment is. And I was talking to a friend of mine today about it because she she had gone for the very first time last weekend to an abortion clinic. And she said, I just went to pray. Didn't take a sign, didn't do anything. I was like, Father, right. if I can talk to someone, then let me talk to someone. And she said, Heidi, I was shocked <laughs> at the at the, the, she said, it was almost like I was standing at the gates of hell. And I said, mm -hmm. uh, because you were. Right. <laughs> because Precisely. I mean, right. I mean, the gates of hell has to be where we kill babies. That That's has to right. be the entrance to hell. That's right. Yeah. And yes, it, it is intense. Uh, but again, we've taken our children um, all our married lives and uh, our, our children have not been, you know, in danger. Mm -hmm. um, and, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, most people don't um, 
can handle it. Most people can handle it just fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do recall one time taking a a girl out, uh, like a teenage college age girl out. And she, she actually kind of started having a panic attack when she got out there. And then we prayed for her, we laid hands on her, prayed for her. And I want you to know 30 minutes later, Mm -hmm. she was conversing with a woman, you know, calling out to a woman to choose life for her baby. It was amazing. The transformation Mm. in 30 minutes that happened in this person who had never, you know, gone to an abortion clinic. But um, again, you know, it doesn't have to be something that everyone does, but it is powerful. It's life changing uh, for your, for your children. And it really has shaped my kids into the warriors that they are. And you're right. We do everything as a family. I mean, we don't really know how to do life any other way. We've always chosen to take our family everywhere with us Mm -hmm. and do everything together. Um, We believe that that helps shape our children, their, their courage, their worldview. And if we couldn't do it as a family, we pretty much didn't do it. Um, And so that uh, again, I I think that's one of the best decisions we've ever made as, as a couple is to include Mm -hmm. our children in the ministries that we do, let them walk alongside mom and dad as they stand for righteousness and stand against evil, take a stand in this culture. Mm, it's one of the things I love so much about you. Uh, it's been on my heart for, you know, the last 15 years that I've been speaking to families and I'm just saying, listen, parents, we can't pass on what we don't possess. Mm. You can't, you can't train your child to be out in the world. If you yourself don't know how to go out into the world, we can't train our children in how to have an active prayer life, but they can't find mm. us on our knees in prayer. And it starts at home. This, this working alongside your children, bringing them into the ministry with you. We're not training up children, right? We're, we're training up adults. Amen. And, and we have such an issue in the church today of everything being so age segregated and we're going to put the kids here and the youth here and the parents here. And uh, again, we've chosen to just do everything as a family. Um, mm-hmm. and that has just been a very, very good decision for us. And our kids uh, seem to have, a more mature view of the world and of outreach and an ability to handle intense outreach, even the kind of outreach mm-hmm. that I'm mentioning, which is you know about as intense as it gets in this culture. And yeah. that's at an abortion clinic where you you never know kind of what you're going to encounter when you arrive. So mm-hmm. it's true. And you have been, uh, I mean, activist mommy is relatively new, but mm-hmm. you and I have kind of known each other for a while. I think we met out on the homeschool circuit, right? We did. My husband is a medical doctor and uh, we uh, were very concerned as we studied vaccines that uh, we learned they were made from aborted fetal tissue. This is 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And this is before this was kind of a, a, a popular thing. And my husband researched it, had to research it extensively because they they actually don't even um, make this information clear. To yeah, they're not disclosing it. Not even to physicians. Mm-hmm. Physicians don't Crazy. even know. So my husband had to research it extensively and he did. And it became something that he started speaking on just to educate parents and so that they could make informed medical decisions for their children. And uh, and he began to lecture on that at homeschool vention- conventions around the country. And he also writes books. And so we would go to homeschool conferences and no one knew me. Uh, and I was there with my children behind the booth selling my husband's <laughs> books as he would speak. 
and uh, never planned on any of this happening uh, as a public figure myself. And um, as I just started responding to some of the things in the culture that were happening, like Teen Vogue magazine, teaching kids how to sodomize one another, pornographic sex education, you know, abortion, um, the Women's March, the Visceral Women's March, so many things. Mm -hmm. I just started filming little iPhone videos, Heidi. And um, I mean, 70 million video views later and a book deal and speaking engagements and (laughs) none of this was supposed to happen. And you know this so well because you were in the same boat. None of this was supposed to happen with you. And um, we just want to take every opportunity that the Lord sends our way to uh, prayerfully um, be salt and light in Mm. our culture because we fear that there's a a problem and over the last 50 years where the church we've been content to just kind of listen to sermons and wait for jesus to come back and rescue us and there hasn't been an an occupy till i come type of mentality um, that that god wants the righteous to rule not the wicked to rule as it says in scripture that when the wicked rule the people mourn and we've kind of sat back and allowed the wicked to rule. And it has placed us in a very dangerous place where we no longer recognize our country and where 200 pound men are able to be in the shower rooms and locker rooms, uh, you know, and, mm-hmm. and changing rooms and bathrooms of our daughters. I mean, this, this is, this is insanity yeah. where we are. And, and, my speaking up on the issue, I think people just were very ready for a very bold response from a Christian. We mm-hmm. see responses from maybe political pundits and whatnot, but seeing a Christian woman respond boldly to these issues, I'm telling you, our culture is hungry for this. And so mm-hmm. don't fear man, be be strong and courageous. Take the opportunities that God gives you, open the mouth that God's given you and speak to these issues. You'll be a amazed at how God will use you. Yeah. And it's amazing to me, you know, you're talking about, about courage and you and I've had this conversation many times. There are the, the culture right now is literally saturated in lies and they're bold lies. These are lies we're telling the culture. Oh yeah. Male and female, it's a malleable thing. Gender is a social construct. And so we've been saying, listen, a bold lie can only be countered with bold truth. And that boldness that God says, be strong and courageous. You know, we, we talk about what the Bible has to say about courage and about, about boldness. And God was never, uh, never behind the scenes talking, you know, saying, gird up, you know, this is war. Your children have been given to you like arrows in the hands of a warrior. God's saying, this is a, this is a battle. And we see uh, courage mentioned, you know, dozens and dozens of times. And yet in the church, we find an incredible lack of courage. And an incredible lack of, you know, and we've, it's like a, a politically correct culture has infiltrated the church. Yeah, what an odd thing, because the scripture is so replete with examples of courage. All of our heroes in the word of God are the, just the most bold and courageous uh, examples to us, like Daniel, mm-hmm. who did just the opposite of what he was told by law that he was allowed to do. Uh, you know, he opens the window and basically says, nanny, nanny, boo, boo, I'm going to pray three times a day like I always have, you know, yep, and, yep. and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego said, I will not bow down. And the Hebrew midwives who said, I will not murder these babies, even though I'm being commanded to. The scripture's so full 
of these kinds of examples. And, and I'm just so inspired. Every time I read one of these stories, I think I could fly. I think I could yeah. scale a wall. You know, I could do anything through Christ when I read these stories. And that's the effect that they are supposed to have on us because these were real people, Heidi, yeah. Uh, yeah. who had the same nervousness and the same PC problems in their own cu- cultures and the same fear and the same jail and shackles and bars and fires that they could face if they didn't stand boldly and there to be our example. And so um, that's just what I feel like my main mission is in life at this point is that God wants me to stiffen the spines of others. He wants me to encourage people with just a bold example. If you're, if you're tired of the pornographic sex ed in your schools, then either pull your children out and homeschool or get, get in the office of somebody who can change it and do something about it. Darn it. You know, yeah, yeah. Don't just sit there and allow your kids little minds to be raped. That's mm. just the natural mama bear response that God has given all of us. And we've allowed this culture to take away our natural instincts from us. And I think that God wants me and you and, and other people that he's using to remind the mama bears of this culture, what God gave them. Yeah, that's right. And we've been saying, you know, for a long time now, you know, Father, you know, where are the men? We need men of courage and men of valor and women of courage and women of faith to stand in the gap for these children. Because really, it's the next generation in the crosshairs right now. Uh, I was reading in uh, Chronicles the other day, and I think it's First Chronicles 28, where David is instructing Solomon, his son. And he said, Solomon, be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged because the Lord, my God, is with you. He will not fail you. He will not forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. And man, that's a message for today. God's saying, get out there and do the work. I'm right here. I'm right here. And something that is so encouraging to me as I've watched you, I remember one time uh, I was talking to you in a, a text message right before you were uh, you went to an abortion rally, which always astonishes me. I'm like, Elizabeth, you shouldn't do that. Like, you should just, I, don't you want to stay home and, and figure out a new recipe for your crock pot? That just seems like, that seems like a better way to make, you know, to spend a Saturday. And instead, I get this video from you and you're walking with like a, what looked to me like a 150 foot sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, out into the middle of an abortion rally and you and you were like befuddled the people that were people have never met you that never seen you uh you were very tall no <laughs> like, five three uh, yeah so and I'm so I'm five seven so you and I stand next to each other and it, it looks a little funny and I was thinking I said you know I remember telling you later I was like Elizabeth why you gotta be like that you know why <laughs> Why you gotta go in, in, and I remember watching this online thinking, here is this little itty bitty woman, this Joan of Arc, and you're like, listen, if y'all are gonna vote for abortion, here's a picture. You should at least know what you're voting for. You should at least know. And I'm watching people like try to hit your sign out of your, out of your hands. And I saw you go and talk to the police officer and say, excuse me, are you gonna do your job? You know, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, and I remember talking to you on the phone after that. And I think this was, uh, I think this was before I flew to New York mm-hmm. to be with you uh, mm-hmm. for the day of mourning. And I remember you said something to me that I actually wrote in my journal and you may not remember mm-hmm. it, but you said, cause I told you, I said, I was worried about you. Mm-hmm. And you said, Heidi, I'm not going to let you speak fear into my life. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, okay, we're friends. So we're, we're, you know, we're friends right now, which is the reason why I can, I can take that because what, what you were saying was basically, you know, get behind me. Like I'm going to do what God told me to do. Mm. And I feel like 
boy, Elizabeth, we need more men and women of valor to say, no, no, I'm not going to let you speak fear in my life. Even if you love me, even if it's mm-hmm. because you care about me, um, there, there's not a day. God said my days are ordained for me already. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. until the Lord says, uh, Heidi St. John or Elizabeth Johnston, it's time to come home. We better mm-hmm. be about the father's business. And I was so encouraged just to, to see you actually walk it out. And Billy Graham said that when one person takes a stand, mm-hmm. the spines of others are stiffened. And right. I have to believe that what you're doing and hopefully what I'm doing is encouraging to others who are watching and their spines are also being stiffened. Uh, they are. I get the most encouraging messages, Heidi, of people saying, thank you so much for example. My eyes have been open. I'm now running for city council. I'm running for mm-hmm. board of education. I am, you know, um, I am going to my local Planned Parenthood and, and praying and ministering outside. Uh, there's so many ways people uh, contact me, Heidi, and I get the most amazing uh, feedback. Uh, but, but back to that rally that you're mentioning, um, the problem, Heidi, is that we've been so indoctrinated and brainwashed in this nation that we actually don't behave like the babies that are being butchered inside those clinics are people. Yeah. If we really believed they were people, just think about it for a second. If we really believed they were people, they were babies, wouldn't it evoke more response than we are presently giving in our nation? Mm-hmm. And, and so we, we really need to search our own hearts. Do we really mourn and grieve over these lives lost? Do we really believe that babies are being butchered down the road in, in our communities? Because they are. And if they really are people, and of course you and I both know they are because we, we know the God who created them, uh, then we need to do more. We need to not settle for what's presently being done. It's, it's not okay that um, just late-term abortion be banned. All abortion right. must be banned. We must fight for every one of these children. Yeah. And I think we get so, um, so pious and holy when we think about the, the uh, times of the Holocaust, and we think that we'd be such amazing, epic people and that we'd be hiding Jews like Corey Ten Boom and her family were doing. And we are literally living in the middle of a Holocaust and people are sitting right now watching Fox News. Mm-hmm. You know, they're watching their whatever, their 700 Club. Uh, they, they're, they're perfectly content to go day in and day out and do nothing about the bloodshed in their own communities. And so let's be careful not to think so highly of ourselves. Let's challenge ourselves to mm. do better than we are doing right now. There's so much more that mm. we could do to end this bloodshed. And we we want to be the William Wilberforces, do we not? Uh, yeah. the, the ones who go down in history as the ones who ended slavery. There's going to be a day abortion is is over is in the dust heap of history books, just like slavery is today. And we don't want our children to ask us, mom and dad, what were you doing when they were killing babies on, on Main Street? And, and you, you just say, well, I mean, I, I went to work. I, I voted Republican. I didn't really do much. I don't want to say that to my kids. Right. I, I voted Republican, my... man. That was good enough. Yeah. 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 We can do better. We can do yeah. better. 
No, we absolutely can do better. And I, I wonder, you know, what would happen? I think, you know, someone said to me the other day, why do you share these, these images uh, on your Facebook page? You know, you mm. tell people not just that, you know, we want to fight against pornography, but then you share an image from the Super Bowl and I'm so offended. Or you shared the image of the baby that was being murdered in the womb. And I, and I, and I thought to myself, are we so blind mm. that we're offended at having to see the wickedness rather than stand up against it? We're mm-hmm. offended that we have to be, that our eyes have to be offended by what's happening yeah. in the culture. And I think so often we've sanitized this stuff, right? We've, we, abortion mm-hmm. doesn't happen in the streets because if it did, we'd be going crazy. Exactly. Abortion happens, abortion happens in a sanitized room. Abortion happens, uh, behind mm-hmm. a, a neatly decorated, uh, waiting room where they've got plants and bottled water for you. That's where this is happening. And, and I, where they don't, and where they don't let you take your cell phones in, by the way. Right. That's right. I want to thank you guys for tuning in today and really just being a part of the conversation that Elizabeth and I are having about the things that are happening in the culture today. And hopefully uh, we're encouraging you and inspiring you that your faith should be a faith that speaks. And so we're very excited to be partnering together. Elizabeth's going to be joining me with my friend, the beautiful Kathy Barnett. And the first place we're headed to is Lakeland, Florida on the 21st and 22nd of this month. We hope that you guys will join us. Tickets are on sale right now. And uh, we would love it if you'd help us get the word out about Faith That Speaks. And let's see if we can impact the culture uh, with a message of hope, really, that comes from the gospel. We really appreciate you guys listening. I'm going to go ahead and end this broadcast today. And then we'll pick it up on Wednesday with part two of my conversation with Elizabeth Johnston. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.